What amazing morning. Wow. What amazing morning. This is the church of Jesus Christ in action. Love in action. It's amazing. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me in John chapter 4. So good to be here. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're here for the first, second, third time, you are in the God's trap. It's an ambush. <laughs> God brought you here to listen uh, his word. I don't know how was your week, but now I ask you to stay with me. In the next few minutes, we'll be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the most powerful news in the whole planet. John chapter 4, for our friends, Spanish speakers, buenos dias, buona diminianza for Romanians, and I don't know how to say in Russian. I just know <laughs> spasiba and good morning. Uh, it's amazing to be here. John chapter 4. Uh, let's start just one, one verse, verse uh, 14, uh, John 4, 14, and then I'm going to pray. John chapter 4, 14 says, But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, sometimes I think in your purity and in my evil thoughts and your glory and in my sins. And moments like this, I, I thank you because you gave us the most precious gift you gave us your son, Jesus Christ. And all the mercies that we need, we receive from Christ. So, the word is changing daily. And the only thing, so, the only thing who remains steadfast and unshakable is the living word. is Jesus Christ. So, may Jesus Christ, the living word of God, bring some comfort encouragement for us this morning. Amen. 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 I love this text, John chapter 4. It's amazing. Now, guys, um, we are in this series of teachings called Customized Faith. We have the first uh, Sunday, the Believing Tree, which is amazing, teaching from David and Ali. And the next, we had... Uh, faith on my terms. I was preaching about this, how our culture is shaping and changing and making God in our image. I remember that sentence, if you believe in what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, is not the gospel you believe, but in yourself. And then we had Steve preaching here about transformation on my terms. And today I'll be talking about pleasure on my terms. So before we jump to the text and share the teachings, I have a video I'd like to share with you. Uh, the guy is so helpful, lovely, doing hard work in the back. Uh, if you could play the video, it's around three or four minutes video. And I want to ask you to pay attention for this video. After the video, I'll be back here to keep sharing with you. This is a book, uh, the author 
His name is Shel Silverstein, Silverstein. It's an American author. It's a book from 1976, The Missing Piece. It's a children's book. And the idea is we all, all of us, we are looking for our missing piece in life. And we are always searching for something. Pieces of something who can give us an joy, meaning, pleasure, happiness, and all the kind of good stuff. And we keep searching. We keep trying to find this. The problem is, it's a good thing, and sometimes becomes a bad thing. We are seeing this generation, we are becoming addicted to diversity, to something new all the time, to something exciting. We want to feel excited all the time. We're becoming addicted in dopamine and, and every kind of uh, good energy. And this is so tiring because when you are always looking for the missing piece of my life, the next achievement, the next goal, the next dream, the next something, the soul never rests. And every point of arrival is a new point of departure. Okay, now I will finish my degree. Now I will get married. Now I will buy a car. Now I will buy a dog. Now and, and it's always, always good stuff. The problem is there is something, some kind of black hole in our soul that we are trying to fit with something. And this something can be anything who brings some pleasure to me. So I'm always looking for some different pleasure we're always looking for something. And this is leading us and our generation to hunt pleasure and to consume pleasure. We buy for stuff. We go for new relationships or new friendships. And we want to always find our missing piece. There is something that I need in my life. And I don't know what it is. I don't know how to name it. But there is something that I need. And with the time, our heart starts to uh, be a manufacturing of idols. This phrase is from John Calvin. He said, the human heart is a perpetual factory of idols. We keep building idols. We keep building. Because when you are searching for pleasure, when you are searching for something new, something for this kind of pleasure many times and very often I keep saying this we became in this prison and this in, like I used to say in these invisible handcuffs where I cannot live without my Netflix I cannot live without my phone I cannot live without this person or that person and we are slave of something and this something is demanding this something is always requiring some kind of worship and I surrender my heart for this something this missing piece but sometimes it's not enough I need to go for another missing piece and another experience oh, we can put different names things alcohol, cocaine, sex but also different relationships or too much entertainment or different idols or career or Everything, all of this. Because the human heart is 
always creating different idols to worship. Now, there was a writer, American writer. His name was David Foster Wallace. And he said, I think it's next. He said this sentence, but I want to read for you the whole paragraph, what he said. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. Is that pretty much anything else you will worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Worship your own body and beauty, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million different deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power, and you will feel weak and afraid, and you will need even more power of the others others to keep the fear at bay. Worship your intellect. Being seen as smart, you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. We, we are always worshiping something. Always, all the time. You have no option. We have some idols in our heart. And my invitation for you this morning with Jesus in John chapter 4 is to look inside of you to identify. Now, I want to briefly talk about the three, three uh, greatest idols in our generation. Three. The first one, relationship. Relationship. You see, it's a good thing everybody wants and needs. We need relationship. Come on, it's normal. But then it's a bad thing when this becomes an idol. I cannot live my life without that girl, without that guy. I, can, I keep seeing the new generation, boys and girls, trying to commit suicide because they finished a relationship. Or we put just too much expectation in that other person. But let me tell you something. People, you let you down. People, you die. I keep seeing people just... Expecting so much of someone else. And, and this someone else in this relationship just becoming an idol. The next uh, idol, consumerism. We buy to feel good. We buy because we want. We keep buying stuff that we don't need. So to consume and to buy, it's good. But then when it becomes an idol, that thing brings into my life, I keep buying, I keep buying, and then, uh, I don't know, a trip, a dress, a car, a house, everything becomes different idols in these days. Consume, we pay to feel emotion, we pay to feel thrilled, we pay because we want that experience. Maybe it's a missing piece in my life, it's not conscious, sometimes we're just going to shopping because we want to shopping, and it's an idol. Sometimes the third greatest idol in our days, entertainment. 
Now, don't get me wrong. There's no problem with entertainment. God wants you to have fun. But again, when the entertainment today is becoming the central part of life of people. Sometimes, mainly for the new generation, they don't want to feel bored. Even, even five minutes, they need all the time to do something, to be watching something, to be checking something. Otherwise, oh, I need entertainment. We're consuming entertainment. Entertainment is the new idol. But again, it's another missing piece that never quenched the thirst of our soul. And it's like trying to satisfy your thirst with a dropper. You always need more. Always need more. Always need more. We are always searching for something. We are always searching for small bits of pleasure. We need some pleasure. That's why we spend hours in our phones just scrolling. Scrolling? Down. Do you remember magazines? When you went to the, the um, barber shop or to dye your hair and all of these, waiting for your moment there, you're sitting there in the magazine. Do you remember? Or uh, newspaper. But the, but the magazine had an end. At the end, okay, you finish and you take another one. Your phone never ends. You keep going, keep going, keep going, and your brain is addicting that dopamine and that small pieces of pleasure and curiosity. And we know a lot of information, and all of them very shallow. It's not deep. We don't know about nothing. We don't, oh, did you see that guy? I oh, got married that lady. And then we are talking about the war. Oh, did you see what Putin said? No, no, no. And we are giving shots for every direction because everything is becoming this big temple of entertainment. Because our soul is thirsty of pleasure. We are living in this era. We are living in this time. If you are struggling to have your kids around your table to have a, a dinner, just switch off the Wi-Fi. They will come. <laughs> because the entertainment is the big idol in everywhere. Everybody's worship something. The human heart's um, manufacturing of idols. Now, what's happening here? John chapter 4. In the beginning of the text, my recommendation for you is to read the whole chapter in your home. In the beginning of the text, it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Jesus had to go through Samaria. Actually, he didn't. <laughs> because, look, just to make sure, Galilee was the final. Judea was the Jews. And Samaria in the middle. And, you know, they hated each other. This was a, some kind of apartheid. They hate each other. Samaritans and Jews hate each other for many reasons. I have no time here to explain all for you. But every time someone from this brown, orange here go to Galilee, the yellow part, for them it was normal. Cross to to avoid Samaria. No, we don't go to Samaria. There was a war there. We hate each other. We don't go to Samaria. But John chapter 4 verse 4 says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had to go. He had a plan to be there. Why? Because of a lady. One lady was there. And 
this lady in John chapter 4, to find one person. Because of one single lady, Jesus was just crossing straight to Samaria, to some place in that region, to spend time with one person. Now, what I said here in the beginning, you are in the God's trap and ambush. Because of you, you are here because Jesus had the plan to have you here today, this morning, watching this on YouTube or here in this hall, because he had a plan. He has a plans for your life. So, Jesus is not worried about the rules or protocols or nothing like this. He had a plan. And Jesus said in John chapter 6, that no one... The Father draws them to me. So he came from heaven and he came here and his word is here because he had a specific plan. Now, in the next slide, we have the passage saying, if with this lady and they were talking about many things and he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. What's happening here? John, very intentional. He was written the book of John, the gospel of John. In chapter 3, he talks about a man called Nicodemus. Nicodemus, the right pronunciation? Nicodemus, yeah. Okay, and now chapter 4, he's talking about this lady on the well. Now, this sentence says, if you knew, if you knew the gift of God, and who is this guy who's talking to you? In other words, he is saying for the lady, you don't know God, and you don't know who I am. We have in chapter 3, a guy called Nicodemus, and in chapter 4, a lady that we don't know her name. Both are lost. Both, they don't know God. The first one, is a, is, it was a guy with a background in churches, in the religious environment. He knew everything and lots of information about God. You know the kind of person or service or church when you go and they start to sing that song, you finish in your head the sentence, I know the song, and you finish. Or some phrase, some Bible verse, someone start to quote or Bible verse, and you finish your head, ah, I know this, because you have experience about God. You came from, I don't know, Christian family, but maybe you came from a very disappointed time with religion and God and all these words when you talk with someone about these words, uh, Jesus, God, Bible, church, you have different draws in your head with different memories and background. This is Nicodemus, a religious guy, a guy from religion. He knew the choreography. Okay, now it's time to stand, to raise the hand, to give the money, to clap, and to go home. He knew everything about church and religious environment. He was lost. And then we have here in chapter 4, this lady with no religious background. Both lost, both looking for some missing piece in their lives. But this lady, she came from five different marriages. Can you imagine? One is hard. <laughs> Dressing, flowers, car, violin, musicians, all of this five times, all the money, uh, and the bridesmaids and hairs and all of this five times. This is showing that she was looking for her missing pieces the whole life, looking for pleasure, looking for some answer, looking for some meaning all the time. 
but lost. She didn't know God or Jesus. Maybe this is you. Maybe this is you. I am from the church and you're still thirsty looking for a missing piece. Or I'm not from church, but I'm still looking for my missing piece. Let me run here. I'm looking for the watch. No worries. The, don't need to cook. This is the thing. In the church, when it's this time, we start to think, oh, I left the, the chicken in the freezer. I need to go to Asda. Why are you going to visit? Oh, yeah, the guy is talking about something about Jesus. Oh, yeah, I need to. <laughs> no worries. I can sit over there. Now. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he said this. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go and make a mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. We want projects. We want career. We want money. We want all good stuff and that's fine. But sometimes we don't understand what is Jesus and the living water. That's why, okay, I have Jesus but I keep thirsty. I have Jesus but I keep looking for my missing piece. Just to make you understand, can you imagine if I come to you and say, okay, I'm giving you today a million pounds. And oh, great, and a million pounds, you make me happy a million pounds. But I really will be happy if you give me a million pounds plus that pair of dirty socks in the corner, on the ground. What do you see? A million pounds and dirty socks? Yes, but I'm giving you a million pounds, a treasure. No, but I need that dirty socks to feel happy. It's what we do. When you don't understand how precious Jesus in the gospel is, and we still don't feel pleasure and joy in him, and then, okay, I have and I need Jesus, but I really will be happy if I have Jesus plus this and this and that. And all this, this, this and that, these missing pieces of our lives become this main thing. And oh, by the way, I go for the church on Sundays. We don't understand. That's why he said, if you knew God, sometimes you don't know who God is. I was talking to my girls this, this, this uh, week. Example. If I go home today, and I arrive home, and I see all my family has been killed. And the, the criminal was standing there with the blood hands and blood everywhere. I said, wow. And I jump on the guy, I punch him, and I call the police. And the police comes and take the guy arrested to the jail. After a few weeks, I don't know, I'll be in the court watching the judge and the court. They're all crawly. You'll be there and cameras and TV stations. Everybody's there. The guy is guilty. Everybody knows. At the very end of that moment, the judge stands to give the, what's the word? Sentence? Verdict? Yeah. But then, the judge looking to him say, do you know what? I am a judge full of compassion. Slow to anger. And I will forgive you. What would be my reaction? This judge is corrupt. Because if this judge is righteous, he must work with the law. And this man is guilty. If God is righteous and holy, he cannot forgive me and you. 
because we are criminals. Come on, Danny, I never killed someone, never stole nothing. Envy, lies, selfish, pride, all the sins that we have inside of us. And the word of God says that this judge, he hates the sin. There is a wrath against the sin. What if this judge is just? He cannot just forgive the sinner. He needs to make someone pay for this. That's why the gospel is amazing. So this judge decided to kill his own son on the cross. And Jesus paid for everything. We cannot, every Sunday, we cannot have any meeting here without explaining to you the gospel. There is a wrath of God uh, in Jesus and the cross. There is forgiveness and grace for you. There is salvation. There is a million pounds available for you. There is living water for you. Please don't spend your time tonight praying for a new car. Don't spend your life praying for your new house or your holidays in somewhere. With somewhere in some place. I don't spend one minute in my prayers asking for this for Jesus. Asking for, oh God, I don't have money to take my girls for a nice trip, holidays somewhere. England is so beautiful, I don't know the, the nice places. Oh, I don't have a car. Never. Do you know why I weep in my prayers? Because I'm still not like him. Because I still haven't, I don't have enough of his presence. Because my dream is to be baptized with some supernatural, different presence of the Holy Spirit. This is, is the ambition. Because sometimes I feel thirsty and there is living water available. I want to pray for you now. And if you are so, if you feel dry, and if you need, please God, baptize me and give me again this living water. I don't feel the spring of water in my heart. This is your morning and we are going to pray now and call Ian to, to play this song. And we're going to pray and finish the service. And this lady, uh, she said, Ian, please, let's prepare, let's pray. This lady, she said for Jesus in the well, she said, I know the Messiah uh, is coming and he'll come at some point. And yeah, Christ is coming. Christ is coming. Come on, two years in COVID, now this war, and after it's happening, hello, Christ is coming. Prepare your heart. Come back to Jesus. You need a reconciliation with God, this is your morning. You need to ask for forgiveness, this is your morning. You don't have, you do not live forever. You don't have the same age forever, come on. You need to do something. You need to live for something that transcends this everyday life. This is your morning. Come to the cross of Jesus for this moment of reconciliation. Let's pray. Let's sing the last song. In 80 years time, 100 years time, you will not be here anymore. Someday, I will see my mother and my sister. They are with Jesus. Someday, you see family members or someone. Someday, I will see Paul. In heaven, they'll say, come on, Paul, I'm preaching about you. <laughs> Someday you'll see Billy Graham. And in all that crowd, someone standing with a face shining like sun. Smiling to me and you. And he will say, 
It's done. You make it. No more tears. No more pain. No more sorrows. Eternal life forever. Well done. Welcome. I want to see you there, my friend. Lord Jesus, someday all the titles, degrees, money, our small pieces of pleasure, all of this will stay here, Lord. We are talking here about eternal life, heaven or hell. Give us more thirsty of you, Lord Jesus. Don't allow us to despise the, the living water. Give us the living water. I pray for every person in this room, Lord. This evening before bedtime, may they put, put in their knees on the ground and ask, please, Lord Jesus, give me more of your water. Destroy all the idols of my heart and my mind. I want to honor you, Lord Jesus, with my time. Because you are the living water. Amen. If you need to talk, if you need to pray, we will be here. This is your family. God bless you.